0: Good morning to you everyone. Welcome to First Things First. I'm Jenna Wolf, Nick Wright, Brandon Marshall, Kevin White, Josh <laughs> Allen just
1: Josh Allen just was practicing <laughs> over here almost hit me with the football. My bad guys. Didn't was he practicing or
0: was you. he in the game? My apologies. <laughs> I don't know. They stopped by in New York, I don't know why, it's
1: It's... bad. Sorry Jenna, I didn't mean to interrupt you.
0: The slapstick is working, no interrupt away because that is where we're going to start this morning with some of Josh Allen's misfires, miscues, but Chiefs and Bills Kansas City leaning heavily on their ground game last night. What was the last time we said that? Clyde Edwards-Alaire, the star of the show, ran for a career high 161 on the ground. Certainly not the explosive Chiefs offense we've got used to seeing, but a great rushing attack that will add all-pro Le'Veon Bell to the mix next week. So let's dive right in here. Nick, mm. I got to ask, you got the win, but are you worried at all that the Chiefs just, they're not blowing out the competition like they did oh last God. season?
1: Oh my God, That's where we're starting the show.
0: That's last season where the we're Chiefs went 11 the sh- and, then we'll and five. Get to Josh Allen.
1: They, they yeah. went 11 and five last year. They're going to go 14 and two this year. They've got five wins. The list of teams in the NFL with more than five wins is precisely zero. Four of those five wins have come by multiple scores. And my guy, my dear, dear friend Brandon Marshall who, among many things, said the Bills were better than them, the Bills were gonna win. Josh Allen's playing, playing better than Mahomes' MVP season, but we don't have to get into any of that. My dear guy, I Brandon said... said they were gonna win the game. The, the blueprint. Oh, oh, and I... last week when I said, tell me who in the AFC you like more than the Chiefs. First team you said, the Buffalo Bills. And then they got the, their teeth kicked <laughs> in by Tennessee, and then they <laughs> lost to the Chiefs. But Brandon said the league is a blueprint. And the blueprint is rush three, drop eight, and give Mahomes no, no vision, no lanes. Luckily for the Chiefs, they have coaches too. And they said, okay, if you're going to do that, we're going to run on you like it's Alabama against Georgia Southern. And we're just going to gash you eight yards of carry. So no, I'm not worried. No, I'm not concerned. It's another two-score victory against a good opponent, and the chiefs once again look like they should have looked in the Oakland game like the overwhelming favorite in the AFC.
2: Yeah, no, I agree with you. They absolutely shouldn't be worried. If anything, they should be ecstatic right now, because when you think about how do you continue, how, how do you create sustained success? You have to reinvent yourself over and over and over. Look at Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. What do they do every, not every single year, but every single game, they do something a little bit different to get the W in the win column. When you look at last night, this was a big moment for the Chiefs. We know them as this prolific passing team. They can do it all. But we have never seen them be be able to just hand the ball over, over and over again to get the job done. This is why this team, when we talk about, okay, can they get it done this year? Can they get it done again? Well, they showed you that they're more than capable to adjusting. Nick, you talked about it, right? You just brought it up. Teams have the blueprint now. How to stop that prolific passing game. So we know how to do that. But can the Chiefs beat us running? And last night they showed you that they can beat you running. For them to commit to the run says a lot about this team. That was a defining moment. They adjusted. Look at how the Bills started. In the conditions. Pass on first down, incomplete. Pass on second down, incomplete. Pass on third down, incomplete. Fourth down, punt. What did the Chiefs do? Yep. And sustain it through the entire game. First play, run. Second play, run. First down. Third play, hitch. Quick game. Get Mahomes going just a little bit early. You saw coaching out his finest last night.
3: Brandon, let's all be honest with each other. That was a nice little analysis you did of the game. But you spent the last week talking how the Bills were going to beat the Chiefs, and it didn't happen. So do you I want apologize did, to apologize yeah. to Nick or at least acknowledge that you were wrong <laughs> no, don't about apologize. this? That they, they, no. Well, he's just there. He's like, well, Let's you know, they ran the on down. Let's put up No, Josh Randall. Josh It was Allen's, all good just Josh yesterday.
1: Allen's-
2: Josh Allen needs to apologize. That's who needs to apologize. Who would have thought? First year, 52%. Second year, 59% completion percentage. Uh, The first four games of this season, 71% in the last two, 59%. (laughs) Josh Allen is the one that needs to apologize, not me. Okay.
0: So let's uh, let's stay there for a second. It, It was indeed, Brandon's right, it was a night to forget for Josh Allen. He struggled to get the offense in any sort of rhythm. Even though they were playing at home, Not the MVP candidate we saw the first four weeks of this season. So here's the Bills quarterback explaining it after the game.
1: We weren't good enough. I was not good enough. Um, You know, I got to do a better job. It's plain and simple. I didn't play very good tonight. I know that. I understand that. Um, I can't afford, this team can't afford to have me play poorly.
0: So, Brandon. with what you saw last night is that it now for the josh allen for mvp chatter
2: you just don't you just don't see uh quarterbacks really good quarterbacks play this bad mvp quarterbacks play this bad uh it took aaron Rodgers 10 years to have the type of game that josh allen just had back to back so for that reason i would have to say yes this is a guy that's uh regressing and he's regressing fast I don't understand what happened these last, two year, these last two games. You have to ask yourself, is something going on? Is there an in- injury that he's dealing with? Some type of shoulder, oh some type God. of hand. Something has to Give be going on. How do you go from 52% to 59% to the, in the first two years, 71% in the first four games, yeah, and in the last how. two games, you're at I'll, 59 I'll I don't understand.
1: How. <laughs> uh, 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 well, I'll Please help you understand. Me. Please, because those four games, Please. those four games, were the aberration. He is who yes. he is, an erratic, inaccurate passer, who it is laughable that he was ever considered, discussed, or promoted right. as an MVP candidate. It is insane that people went on television and radio and wrote columns like, Don't look now. I know the analytics community hates him, but Josh Allen is the most dangerous. Dangerous to who? To his own team's prospects? If there were fans in the stands, <laughs> to them for an errant pass? <laughs> well, through 53 minutes last night, Homeboy had 66 yards passing. Come on, and nobody's shocked by it. While the Bills Wilds built an entire game plan around stopping an actual MVP daring the Chiefs to That's run, right. the Chiefs built an entire game plan around daring a fraudulent MVP candidate to beat them. And he couldn't do it. Because, listen, right. I don't blame Josh Allen for being Josh Allen. I blame all of my colleagues that were like, oh! Buffalo, number two in the power rankings and number one in my heart. Give me a break. Come on. And the only, once for somehow, the only team that won more last night than the Chiefs, Jenna, is Wild's beloved Patriots, who now all of a sudden are just a game and a half out of first place in that division.
2: Listen, I was on my flight to New York, and I'm watching it. And I love the early start for Monday Night Football. I know mm-hmm. it was because of the whole COVID mess mm-hmm. and rescheduling yeah. of these these games. But when I'm looking at it and I'm seeing the, the rain trickle down, I said, this is perfect for Buffalo. This is going to be the perfect game for them. Because yeah. now, yeah. Mahomes is going to have to run it. And they ran it and yeah. absolutely ran all over down the Bills, Jenna. And
0: never stopped uh-huh. running throughout the night. Uh, the other game last night... We got two of them, Cowboys and Cardinals, and another tough night for Ezekiel Elliott. Hey, should we Was- be worried? Next, first things first.
1: Was it raining at Jerry
0: World? A healthy lifestyle should be easy, right? Eat veggies, drink green smoothies, exercise to get your heart rate up, do yoga to bring your heart rate down. Whoo! May- maybe it's not so easy, but there is something that helps improve everything, and you can do it with your eyes closed. It's Sleep. Sleep Number knows what it takes to sleep your best. The Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed lets you choose your ideal firmness, comfort, and support on each side, your Sleep Number setting. It's the perfect solution for couples. These beds are so smart, they respond to your every move and they automatically adjust to keep you sleeping comfortably all night. Proving quality sleep is life-changing sleep. And now, introducing the new temperature-balancing Sleep Number 360 smart bed. For a limited time, save up to $1,000 on the new 360 smart bed plus smart adjustable base. Only at Sleep Number stores or www.sleepnumber.com cadence. The stress of daily life weighs on all of us, whether you're an elite athlete or just a regular person trying to get through the day. Muscle pain and muscle tension, that's a real thing. That's why I use Theragon, the handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combination of depth, speed, and power. And now it's as quiet as an electric toothbrush. That's because the all-new Gen 4 Theragun has a proprietary brushless motor that's so quiet, you'll wonder if it's on. While you soothe your aching muscles with Theragun's signature power, amplitude, and effectiveness. Try Theragun risk-free for 30 days. There's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4 with an OLED screen, personalized Theragun app, and the quiet and power that you need. Starting at only $199, go to theragun.com slash FTF right now and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash FTF, theragun.com slash FTF. For a lot of us, our home is now more than just our home. It's also a gym, a bakery, and a barber shop. And if you're a business owner or a people manager, home might also be where you do your hiring. That's where ZipRecruiter comes in. ZipRecruiter makes hiring faster and easier because you can do it all from one convenient place. ZipRecruiter.com approach. No matter where you're hiring from, ZipRecruiter does the work for you. How? Well, ZipRecruiter's matching technology scans thousands of resumes and profiles to identify the most qualified people for your job. If you're really interested in a candidate, you can even invite them to apply for your job. With one click, ZipRecruiter sends them an email from you and you stand out from the competition. And right now, to try ZipRecruiter for free, first things first listeners, can go to ziprecruiter.com ziprecruiter.com/approach, approach. That's ziprecruiter.com approach, A-P-P-R-O-A-C-H. ZipRecruiter.com slash approach. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. On uh, the network. late game last night, Cowboys hosting the Cardinals, and this was all Arizona from the word go. Ezekiel Elliott fumbled twice in the first half, paving the way for the Cardinals to jump out to a 21-0 lead before the break. Andy Dalton threw two second-half interceptions, and that killed any chance of a comeback. Your Dallas Cowboys dropping to 2-4. and four. Here's Ezekiel Elliott on what went wrong.
4: Honestly, I I don't think it really was much of what they did. Uh, I think it was me. Me. I'm supposed to be a guy this team can rely on. I'm supposed to be a guy that this team can can lean on when times get rough. And and I just wasn't that today. Um, I got us started off to a terrible start. The defense were playing. They were playing well. Um, But uh, I killed our momentum. Two fumbles. uh, I can't do that. I can't.
0: All right, so, Brandon, let me start with you. The Cowboys, they turn the ball over four times. They lose the game. They're still in first place, though, in the NFC East. you think Zeke and Dalton together can still carry this team to the playoffs?
2: Look, let's be honest. They stink. They absolutely stink. Um, (laughs) Thank you. I mean, can they? Yes. But I don't think they get it done. You know, week one, we came in here, and we had a segment about overreactions, and I said, look, we can't overreact on the Dallas Cowboys. The two things that they need to clean up is, giving, is, is eliminating the big play and also not turning the ball over. I said, come week four, week five, these trends become who they are, their identity. And they showed us last night exactly who they are. Ezekiel Elliott turning it over twice last night, that's five on a season. That's three more than any other running back this year. You are counting on this guy to lead the way, and he hasn't done that. They can't stop anybody on defense. They continue to turn the ball over. I said it before. Job security is, ball security is job security, yours and mine. Okay, let me say that one more time. Ball security is job security, yours and mine, because it's that important. If you turn the ball over, people get fired. Point blank period that's it. So for that reason they're out of it when they face the Philadelphia Eagles head-to-head head, I believe the Philadelphia Eagles beat them twice and they win a
1: division All right, so I'm not gonna say the Cowboys can't or won't win the division. I am gonna say this I don't care if they win the division. Oh, they're awful. This is a terrible team the, the, this, the, the NFL does this mind meld thing with like acting like winning the division is inherently great. Usually it is. Sometimes it's not. There's eight divisions in the NFL. In six of them, the Cowboys would be in fourth or fifth place. The NFC West—they're worse than all the teams in it. They'd be worse than last place. You'd have to create a place for them because it's four-team divisions. The, the Cowboys just happen to fortunately be in a division where one team starts Danny drops the other team is rebuilding in Washington and Philadelphia has had their entire team except for their center and their quarterback knocked out due to injury so Dallas limping along dropping balls on the ground having the worst turnover margin the most turnovers and the worst defense in football they're like well we're still in the hunt six wins probably gets it done that is not it's something to be congratulated about Dalton looked a hell of a lot like Andy Dalton tends to look except for the one magical season Zeke I've never seen it before Wilds has the yips as a running back the last time I can remember something like this is Tiki Barber but then Tiki changed the way he held the ball but didn't come out of nowhere with Tiki and you got you got your highest-paid guys no showing DeMarcus Lawrence no show Amari Cooper no show until garbage time I mean every everything about this team right now screams a bad irrelevant football team but they're the nation's most popular team and they happen to play in a division that right now would struggle to win the SEC West so because of that we discuss them but they, they're a bad team. Sure, they can win the NFC East. Congrats. You'll get 30 balled in the first round of the playoffs by a good team, the best wild card team in the NFC, and you'll be done. Don't, don't you Amen. view these mistakes, though? Just to play devil's
3: advocate, Jenna. Don't you view these mistakes as one-off mistakes, though? Like like Zeke couldn't hold on to the ball. Like, all right, he kind of just gave the second one up. That is not a systemic a couple weeks ago he just kind of I used to think no, that just stand what? by stand by stand by Michael um, Gallup yeah, sorry, the ball okay. bounced out of, like he can catch the ball he can the the second interception that Andy Dalton threw I like to think it's karmic retribution for the wet nerf ball that he threw in the first quarter mm-hmm. but that was obviously a pass interference so I think if there's any silver lining here it's that these mistakes are very easily fixable I'm going to talk about the defense defense yeah. played all right but I there there's tiny just, mistakes that like gotta catch the ball, gotta hold on to the ball, All right, and get a good call, and the so game's different.
1: I can I could buy that these are one-off mistakes. Let me let me go into your lane a bit wild the analogy world. Right yeah. when I moved to New York City, within three weeks, my my beloved, wonderful, amazing wife got in a little fender bender. I was like, Ah, it's New York, it's her first time driving, it's not gonna happen again. We'd been here three months and it happened two more times. And I was like, oh, this might be a problem. I can't just say this is a (laughs) one-off. If we're going, if we're averaging one fender bender a month, maybe driving in New York City is gonna be a little tougher. We're now a third of the way through the season. And Brandon, every week it's turnovers. Every week it's turnovers and every week some receiver is running butt naked open down the field for a touchdown. So this is who you are. That's right. That's right. At at this point, Jenna, this just is who the Cowboys are, Jenna.
0: So, all right. So, Brandon, if you look at this team, what they've done wrong on defense, and after last night, what they've done wrong on offense, are you more worried about what they're doing offensively or defensively?
2: Defensively, 100%. You got to start there. I mean, you just, when you don't have good players, you can't win games. Offensively, they're really good. Actually, they just turn the ball over. I know you're talking about Andy yeah. Dalton. Can he get in the rhythm? Can he not get in the rhythm? Is he good? Is he not good? We had one magical year. But Andy Dalton with those weapons can get it done. Just don't turn the ball over. Okay? Those are things that you can control. On the other side of the ball, you can't control having bad players. They don't have guys that can do this, run the simplest of defenses, cover three quarters. They don't understand the responsibilities, and then obviously there's still effort issues. I saw a few plays last night where guys looked like they were literally running in quicksand. I don't know if they're out of shape or if they're just
3: not trying. But this is bad. You know, you know what my favorite part of the game though was, Nick at the end of the first half, when there was a skirmish, and the broadcasters are using this as a highlight for the Cowboys, even though, once we saw the replay, it's actually the Cowboys guy getting pancaked. So, and it was like, (laughs) you know what? This is the fire we need to see. Like, oh boy, you know you're in a bad spot when the (laughs) highlight of the game is a special team skirmish that you probably lost.
1: Well, and and it's just the the, the Cowboys every week have a at, multiple mistakes that would be for a normal team the single back breaking mistake that flipped the game, and by that I mean like the your, your team's playing well and your running back fumbles. Well, that happens every week now. Michael Gallup yeah. is wide open in the end zone before halftime to make it a game, and the ball bounces off his hands. Like if if. If just one of those things happened to the Pittsburgh Steelers in a game, we'd say, well, that was the turning point. They play, they were playing well, but that was the turning point. But it happens every week to the Cowboys, multiple times. Jenna, which is why they're down, except for week one, they're down double digits every single week in the first half. Every week half.
0: they're playing catch-up. Every
1: week it's yep. like Cowboys Guess are down what? 14. Okay, maybe they'll start yep. playing. They're terrible. Guess what? Guess what, I- Nick? They're still leading the division. What? They're still leading the yeah, I don't the really division. care. I don't care.
0: Much <laughs> I don't All right. Care. Well, if it's time to care. panic in Dallas, do we feel the same way about the Patriots after their terrible loss to the Broncos on Sunday? Next, first things first. It's a good Four
1: hits. Eight Ks. One earned. Some redemption for Clayton Kershaw. I, I might have, Brandon, put a little Monday-Tuesday parlay. Chiefs to win by at least five and right. a half, and the Dodgers to also win tonight. At my, they were minus one seventy. You put those together, pays about two and a half to you one. Might. Let's go, Clayton! Come on, man! Hey, you owe me a lot of money. Clayton. You make thirty-seven million a year. Thirty-seven. Say it again. Yeah. Thirty-seven. That's good. He's they gonna earn it tonight, baby. They finally get over the hump, Nick. Yeah. They thirty-two do. I years. Agree. It's been thirty-two years.
2: They finally get over the hump. Let's go!
0: I've
2: been Get betting on, on a good most
0: of
2: all Jenna, you know
0: Raisin this more Dodgers than any five. of us.
2: Oh,
5: uh, man. All right,
0: good let's game. talk some New England Patriots. Cam Newton has said over and over to anyone who would listen, the answers to the Patriots' offensive problems are in the building. Well, clearly he didn't specify which building, as the Patriots' offense looked bad on Sunday. Cam threw two picks. New England didn't get into the end zone until the middle of the fourth quarter in a loss to Denver. So is it time to panic in New England? Cam still doesn't think so. Take a listen.
2: There's no need to press the panic button. There's no need to, you know, start re reinventing the wheel we have the answers and i said again we have the answers in that locker room i i I heard a person say once you know i don't point fingers you know i point thumbs and with that being said i take full responsibility of where we are as offense and, and and knowing here moving forward that i will it starts with number one And I will be better. You know, know. the sky may be falling for the next couple of days. And and listen, I I bring my umbrella, my raincoat, and everything else that I need, you know, to to, to get the job done. Mm -hmm. And I know, you know, we will get the job done. And here moving forward, uh, we will have more
3: production here in, in a positive way.
0: All right. Best. As someone who lives so with funny. a Patriots fan in Belichick, we trust. So, Brandon, I will ask you on a scale of one to ten, how panicked should Patriots fans be at this point?
2: I love this energy from Cam. This is a one on the scale. This is absolutely oh. a one. Look, this guy was signed late. He had no preseason, no offseason, and a new organization, a new system. He barely played last year. He barely practiced this week. In the last two games, they would have won if it wasn't for COVID-19 finally affecting the win-loss column. So for that reason, it's a one, Nick.
1: So I thought I was going to go low on the panic meter and call it a three. But one's even lower than that, obviously. The, The Patriots... Because of their schedule to close the season, they just need to tread water through the first eight, nine weeks of the year. Then they get the Texans, they get the Chargers, they get the entire AFC East at the end of the year. And as we are now, America is realizing what I've been saying all year long, the Bills are not that good. So 10 wins will win this division. So I I don't think they should panic at all, but Wilds, I'm going to throw a little curveball yeah. at you because I'm hey, going to tell football, you something man. that, I, that I've, I saved until this very moment. Because yesterday, while Brandon and I were yelling at each other about Case Keenum's <laughs> credentials, I got a text message from what I will call a trusted NFL source. And the text message Baker? said, the Odell, the Odell trade rumblings are rumbling again. And I look around the league, and I say, and, and I say, who is a team that, if he were to become available, could fit him in under the cap, would make sense, has an obvious need there, and the top of that list is your Patriots. Now... My, no, the text yeah. said, said nothing about the Patriots. I want to be clear. I want to be clear that A, the text was not from in Odell. French. I promise. I give my word. And B, the text did not say any team in particular. I'm connecting the Patriots dot when I was told that the Odell trade rumblings are starting to rumble again. And I do think your pets need another weapon. See, so drinking a beer? Wilds Wilds just had a beer ready. He had a beer ready for in case I brought up Odell. So I do I think they could use another weapon so it's not Ryan Izzo going over the middle fumbling the game away. But I think the Patriots are going to be fine and I think they could be downright dangerous. Had they added Le'Veon Bell, they didn't. If they were to make a trade for a wide receiver, which maybe they could, Wilds.
3: Okay. So... If you're saying Odell is on the block, then that changes, that changes the whole NFL world. And obviously we want that. Am I to Jenna, to your question, am I worried? I've got a new segment. It's called Super Hot Take. You ready for this? I break it out. You know, in, in a, it's so hot, I actually break it out here. Here's the hot take. You ready <laughs> for this, Nick? Yeah. Excuses. Underrated hottest take of the day excuses are underrated everybody (laughs) in the world's been watching too many too many Instagram motivational videos you know what the real world doesn't work like that we're not Marines okay we're not firefighters it's just that you can have excuses in the world it's alright it's don't don't believe the the person trying to get you to sell real estate on Instagram no excuses in your life there's plenty of excuses it's okay the Patriots have three losses they lost by a yard to the Super Bowl-bound Seahawks. The JV Patriots yep. lost to the Super Bowl-bound Chiefs. And Cam Newton, who practiced twice on the field in 16 days, and the rest of the time was on a Zoom call, probably being like all the rest of us, like, am I on mute? What's going on? I can't see you. How do I open up the, <laughs> uh, the classroom file, the XL, so I can get to the reading <laughs> portion? Doesn't matter. Excuses are OK. Our defense is tremendous. And Nick, here's the thing. I view the Patriots season a little bit like a college basketball team. Where it's like, you know what? We just need to peak, peak at, the at the end. I know we're not peaking. Yeah, peak at, yeah right. we just need to peak that's at the right. end. Get to and, March. and it's not going to be a classic Patriots season where we're rolling. We're just gonna we're down now. Uh-oh, well, Big East tournament. We're getting a little
1: hotter. Next thing we go in the tournament, well, hot. Right. I want to ask Brandon a question. Brandon, because of what Wilds and I are baking in to this analysis is that the Bills are not going to win... 11-12 games, that the Bills are going to go yeah. from 4-0 and to a middling team. I know that, you know, you've been fair about how they've played the last couple weeks, mm-hmm. but I don't think you're as down on them as we are. Like, what, how many wins do you think I it may takes be. to win the AFC East? Oh, you might be. okay.
2: I, I'm not, I, I, I may be when you see how Josh Allen is regressing. They have a tough schedule ahead mm-hmm. of them. And then the Patriots, they have the the seventh easiest remaining schedule in the NFL. For that reason, I think that this could easily go back to the Patriots, which is which is so uh, uh, frustrating because the Bills have everything they need. Oh, I don't know enough. what happened to enough. that defensive line. The Chiefs were able to run right through them. Josh Allen regresses. He can't okay, hit a five-yard no yard check. check down. This is all
1: bad. This is all bad. But before quick, this, the COVID, before Kobe, go ahead. No, I was just, I, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but we are late. We're talking no, about the good. team in first in the AFC East and the team in third in the AFC East. But the team in second that I did pick to make the playoffs or not win the division, quarterbacked no, by you your team. BFF. Ryan Fitzmagic, they're sitting there, just kind of, you know what I mean? They're, they're sitting there just to shut out a team, quietly saying, we if it's only gonna take 10 wins, can we get in that discussion? So I Don't do think about us. I, exactly. I think the AFC East is yeah. gonna come down to the end of the year, Jenna. But to Wild, it hasn't coming down turned to weeks on yet. Right well, it turned on in either direction. But if it comes down to weeks 15, 16, 17, Jenna, you gotta like the Patriots' chances.
0: All right, guys, let's play a little love or hate. So how about this from the Titans-Texans game? Head coach Mike Vrabel from Tennessee intentionally taking a penalty to save 40 seconds. Tennessee ended up scoring the game-tying touchdown with four seconds left to send it to overtime. So Vrabel was asked about the play and gave his best non-answer answer. Take a listen.
5: You know, we have to do a better job with penalties. You know, we had seven of them, I think. Pretty uncharacteristic. You know, and a few on offense, so you know we'll, we have to be be better in all areas. And I think the penalties are one thing that we focus on, um, you know, communicating, trying to trying to give ourselves the best chance to to win a
1: football game.
0: All right, Nick, <laughs> love or hate this move from Mike Vrabel.
1: Ah. I want to give him a standing (laughs) ovation. I love it so much. This is so smart. We don't have to get in the minutiae of what happened. Essentially, if you're trying to save clock, the worst thing your opponent can be in is second and one because they're going to get the first down and they're going to be able to run 40 seconds. So he just gave him the first down, saved the 40 seconds. Brandon, I think Vrabel... Understanding this is the second year in a row, he has understood a bit of a loophole in the rules to give his team a better chance to win. I think it's brilliant. I am shocked more coaches don't understand it. And I love it from him. Because, I mean, he's stealing a lot from
2: Bill Belichick, rightfully so. Two things I loved about it. One, he's finding ways to get the edge. They literally sit down and figure out how can they manipulate the entire system. That's one, get to the edge. And two, be extremely elusive in a press conference. We've seen Bill Belichick do that better than anyone. I love Vrabel. He is a phenomenal head coach. Okay. He's
4: great.
3: I know you're going to say I'm a hypocrite for this. Just
2: tell this guy, stay back.
3: But... Once a patriot, always a patriot, so I like Vrabel, but I also like Romeo Cornell on the other side. The NFL probably needs to take a, a, a look at all of the Vrabel and Belichick-esque rules, no. specifically Vrabel, you can leave Belichick out of it, where the rules can be manipulated to it, your team's advantage. Y- like y- obviously Romeo, like there should be an option. There this is not fair. He could have Romeo could have declined it. And not no, fair. no, no.
1: No, it's not, it's not. Because Romeo could have declined it. Romeo didn't know what was going on. I love Romeo. Oh, he Romeo didn't know what was going on. He could have declined it. Declined it. I, then I, then I <laughs> it's not like <laughs> last see, year. Last year with the putt he with declined. the clock he didn't outside know of five minutes. On. Right. No, and, and by the way, I don't blame him for on. not getting it. Nobody knew in real time. The, the announcers right. yeah. didn't know, nobody knew until after the fact. We yeah, like, This is so undisciplined. They oh, have no discipline. This is
2: terrible. This is gonna hurt them
1: Right. And so the announcers didn't get it. They were criticizing the Titans, and Romeo could have declined it, but he didn't know. Oh, I didn't know what to do. And
0: bravo to Mike Ribble for getting it. Back to Buffalo for last night's Big Chiefs win. Run, Clyde Edwards Alaire. Run. Next. First things first. Woo.
3: How many times he could have even declined it?
0: Back to our top story this morning. Uh, up in Buffalo Chiefs bills and it was the Chiefs ground game that got it done last night the rookie Clyde Edwards helaire running for a career high 161 yards and the Chiefs just kept grinding on the ground all rainy night long here's Patrick Mahomes after coming away with the win
1: I mean, obviously we had a few more a few more pass plays called I mean we always do
3: but uh, I mean once we saw that how deep their, their linebackers and safeties and corners
2: were
1: playing uh, we knew that we had the run we had the run game and so those, we really just stayed with it um, and, and if teams are gonna play us like this you're gonna see us running the football and we have the guys that can do it
0: all right well our running back Brian Westbrook joins us now so it's hard for me to believe I'm going to ask you this question good morning first of all thanks for being with us but is a is a run heavy offense the way to go now for the uh, Kansas City Chiefs Brian
5: well, Jenna, I don't know that it's the way to go, but as I watched that game last night, all I could think of is what happened in 03 and 04 and 05 and 06? Where was this Andy Reid when I was <laughs> playing for him when he was just handing the ball off last night 26 times yeah. to Clyde edwards Elaire. But listen, I mean, if a defense is going to play you the way that the Bills played yesterday, which is basically saying we're doing. not going to give up the big play, Tyreek Hill. We're not going to give up the big play to Travis Kelsey, but we will allow you to hand the ball off to your running back 26 times and allow him to average 6.2 yards a carry. Then that's the way you have to play. And for Andy Reid as a head coach and play caller with him and Eric the enemy, you have to take what the defense is going to give you. And now when you see what Clyde Edward Hilaire is able to do, you add in there Le'Veon Bell. It's just hard to think that anyone is going to be able to stop this offense, especially when they're playing like this. I love what Andy Reid did last night. He said it's a little rainy, it's a little soggy, the ball is a little wet. We're just going to run the ball and make them stop us. And because they couldn't stop him, he continued to run it. This was classic, uh, you know, you, you can't stop me. This is kind of the thing that you do in Madden. When you're playing Madden, you say, okay, you can't stop this play, yeah, and man. I'm just going to keep running it until you can stop it, and the Bills never figured it out.
2: Man, this was big for the Chiefs. When we talk about sustained success, you think about the people who are able to reinvent themselves every year, every game, every play, the, the, the Patriots. We talked about this earlier. That's why they've been able to be so good for 20 years. And last night, Andy Reid showed his team that they're capable of getting it done through the air or on the ground. Now, yes, this defensive line was terrible. They were banged up. Uh, they had guys, you know, healthy scratch. But at the end of the day, how they got it done and they committed to the run, it shows that they're capable of getting it done either way because the NFL is not going to just sit back and let you continue to beat them the same way over and over and over again Tyreek Hill running down the middle and throw a post Tyreek Hill running down the middle and then going back to the corner and then it's another touchdown the NFL is not going to continue to let you do that Uh, Travis Kelsey split out Y as the Y and continue to run slants and hitches and goals and back shoulder. they're not going to let you do that so you have to find other ways to win this team the last two years have Torched the NFL through the air and last night they got it down done on the ground and for that reason I think the NFL should be on notice This is very scary because you don't know what you're gonna get out of this team and now you insert on Bell Oh my goodness. Yeah, watch out NFL. All
0: right Nick, I know a win is a win, but as a diehard Chiefs fan who who has fallen in love with the way that offense runs, Mm -hmm. are you a little worried that the Chiefs aren't blowing out their competition week in and week out?
1: Well, listen, that that's a, in the NFL, that is an, an impossible standard. Blow people out every week. I know the Ravens appeared to do it last it. year, but their their model wasn't you know, sustainable. Uh, we saw. and I think la- I think last night's game is a little misleading in this regard. The chiefs had seven actual drives. If you remove the kneel downs at the end of the game and the hurried drive with a minute left at the end of the first half, those seven drives. They scored three touchdowns, kicked two field goals, and the Bills stopped them twice. They had a punt to start the game and a punt to start the second half. So we can show it on a points-per-drive basis, this offense this year is actually better than it was last year. We can put them side-by-side. This offense is actually a more efficient, better offense this year than the one last year. They're just having fewer drives because, A, teams are trying to grind the clock against them, and, B, the Chiefs are grinding the clock a bit themselves by running the ball. But I will defend the Bills in this regard. They knew last night they had a massive quarterback mismatch, a real MVP versus a fraudulent MVP candidate. And so what they wanted to do was give themselves a chance at the end of the game. And despite the fact the Chiefs were running all over them, with five, four minutes left in that game, the yeah. Chiefs are up less than a touchdown, and they're in a third and 12. And Mahomes had to work his magic, escaping the pocket, finding DeMarcus Robinson. Later in that drive, they're in a third and six. And Mahomes has to rush for nine yards to really put the game away and get him in field goal range. So I get why the Bills are saying, listen, Playing this way, Wilds, gives us a chance to be close late. But I think, so it it didn't feel overwhelming, as overwhelming as rushing for 260 yards should, because the Bills were able to stay within striking distance, kind of, despite the fact that Josh Allen played a miserable football game. I'm not worried about it. They, this was one of their toughest road games on the schedule, and they won the game by, uh, by two scores. But, yeah, it doesn't feel as good as winning 42-24, to 24, that's for sure.
3: Hey, Brian, I got a question for you. Clyde Edwards-Alaire had 26 carries. He had that monster uh, opening game against the Texans, and he kind of went underground. He wasn't getting a ton of carries, wasn't picking up a ton of first downs, and they signed Le'Veon Bell. And the report is like, he's fine with it. But I'm not ready to start making friendship bracelets between the guys. If I was Clyde (laughs) Edwards-Alaire, I would look at this and be like, hey, old old, old, uh, CEH can get it done. We don't necessarily need Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell's tweeting, I can't wait. Like, those carries have got to go somewhere. Do you think there's any, uh, let's say this: on a scale of one to 10, how worried should should we be about sort of like enough balls to go around?
5: Well, in the end, it's going to be a team game. It's going to be a game where Andy Reid has the ability to say, we're going to get the ball to Edwards elaire We're going to get the ball to Le'Veon Bell. But it's going to come down to situational football. And there's going to be times where Bell is going to get more carries than elaire Edwards E'Laire. There's going to be times where Edwards elaire gets more carries than Bell. That's just part of the game. I don't know that Edwards E'Laire as a rookie, is in a position to say, hey, I need the ball 26 times every single game. I think he should be satisfied with his carries. But as long as his team is winning, at that point, really, does it even matter? I think that's the type of man- mindset that Andy Reid will coach into this football team. Yesterday, we didn't see very much of Tyreek Hill. He, I'm sure he wants to touch the ball a bunch. We didn't see as much of Travis Kelsey, even though he had some big plays. I know he wants to touch the ball yeah. a, a, a lot. When you're playing with this type of team, you have to be able to say, I'm going to put my selfish desires. I want to put my numbers to the that's side. Right. I want to worry about winning football game. And that's what exactly they did uh, yesterday evening.
2: Yeah, it seems like this team does a great job of checking their egos at the door. I've been on teams where at the wide receiver position, we all ate. We all, uh, you know, had 100 yards receiving uh, seven-plus catches, running backs, Matt Forte, and our number two guy, uh, Bilal Powell, had 100 yards. Like, we had some tremendous games, and I think that really good teams check their egos at the door. I've also been on bad teams where it was all about me, throw me the ball. So I think this team uh, has a culture in the locker room that tells guys, like, look, if you want to be successful, if you want to be a part of what we're doing here, you got to be willing to play your
1: role. I. I also think, Jenna, just quickly, with Sammy Watkins being perpetually injured in and out of the lineup throughout his whole career, yesterday, Byron Pringle... And it, Demarcus Robinson were major parts of the passing game. I think you're going to see a lot of formations, Jenna, with Clyde Edwards-Alaire and Le'Veon Bell both in the game. That's good. And they utilize Le'Veon as a true receiving option more than just a running option, which I think the Chiefs could use right now until Watkins gets back in particular.
0: Quickly, because we have Brian as our guest. Brian, you once ran 167 yards on 22 carries, so I think you got Clyde Edwards-Alaire beat in the anti-beat system. You're our guy. You're (laughs) our guy, Brian. Talk some Cowboys on the other side. Who stepped up to place last night's loss entirely on his shoulders? We'll tell you next, first things first. Brian Westbrook. Welcome back. The late game last night. Cowboys hosting the Cardinals and this was all Arizona from the word go. How about Ezekiel Elliott fumbling twice in the first half, paving the way for the Cardinals to go up 21-0 before the break. It's becoming an all-too-familiar narrative for the Cowboys, always playing catch-up. Andy Dalton threw two second-half interceptions, killed any chance of a comeback for the Cowboys. Dallas dropping to 2-4 and four now. Here's Zeke on what went wrong.
4: Honestly, I, I don't think it really was much of what they did. Uh, I think it was me. Um, me. I, I'm supposed to be a guy this team can rely on. I'm supposed to be a guy that this team can can lean on when times get rough. And, and I, I just wasn't that today. Um, I got us started off to a terrible start. The defense were playing. They were playing well. Um, but uh, I killed our momentum. Two fumbles. Uh, I can't do that. I can't.
0: Brian Westbrook back with us now Brian is it fair for Zeke to place all the blame on his shoulders after last night's loss?
5: Well I wouldn't say all the blame but I would say most of it and I think he's absolutely right. He did kill the momentum early in the game and this is what you have to believe about Zeke coming into the season. This is before Dak got injured. He has to be a top three running back for this team to be successful and make the playoff push and obviously Nick Thought they were going to the Super Bowl, which is obviously not going to happen uh, this <laughs> season. But he had to be wow. a top three so running to back. And even now, we're talking about with missing Dak, the margin of error for this football team has decreased. You have Andy Dalton in there, and that defense has been absolutely terrible all season long. Now Zeke has to be the one that carried the load. He has to be the one that helps them win, not the reason why they're losing. And when you're turning the ball over at the rate that he's turning the ball over, five fumbles already this season, you're just not helping your team win. And in fact, you're actually better off the field because turnovers, it's better to punt than to have a turnover. It's better not to have Zeke on the field at this point because he's turning the ball over than to have him on the field. And that's just hard to say because I think talent-wise, Zeke is one of the best backs in the NFL. At this point, he has to get back to fundamentals, carrying the football, not worrying about the outside noise, not worrying about doing everything for this football team. Just carry the football well, be the guy that you've always been. And if he can do that, I think he can help this football team.
2: Yeah, it's absolutely Zeke's fault, 100%. When you're a superstar, you're held to a higher standard. You get paid the big bucks to be a part of the solution and not the problem. Ball security is job security. Yours and mine, I'll continue to say that. I had this plastered all over my dormitory. I had this plastered all over my condo when I got to Denver. I had it plastered all over my home when I upgraded to a house when I got the big contract in Miami. And it never changes. <laughs> if you lose the ball, you will lose your job, okay? I remember playing uh, against the Jacksonville Jaguars in Denver. This was year three, the third game of the season. I catch a hitch, I made two guys miss, I'm running into the end zone, I dropped the ball. fumble. It went through the back of the end zone, touchback. There was also guys who threw picks, there was, there was plays where other guys fumbled, breakdowns in, the, in coverage, but at the end of the day, I knew because I was the star wide receiver, that game was on me and, and I went back to that moment after the season when Coach Shanahan was fired. I said, man, we missed the playoffs by one game. If I would have scored that touchdown, if I would have scored that touchdown, we would have won and possibly went to the playoffs. So I love hearing this from Zeke because when you sit at that podium and you win a game, you deflect praise. When you lose a game, you take on all the blame. It just so happened to be that, you know, he played bad. He continues to play bad, put the ball on the ground. This is five fumbles uh, throughout this season. The next closest running back when it comes to fumbles has three. This is tip two. Excuse me. This is terrible. Zeke has to get this turned around.
3: Brian, I'm going to ask you a really basic question. Why do you fumble? Like, I get it when the ball's getting punched out, but is there any um, validity to the idea that Zeke was trying to do too much and that caused him to lose concentration? And Nick earlier in the show brought up, like, Tiki Barber was coughing the ball up. Like, when you fumbled or, like, can you, can you diagnose why he's fumbling? Because the second one really just feel like it popped out. And I'm viewing it as an easy fix. Hold on to the ball. There's no, like, you got the skill. It's not like you're not a good running back. Just hold on to the ball. It seems like easy to me. But maybe, you know, you know more about the running back position than I do by a hair.
5: Well, well first of all, <laughs> Kevin, I wasn't a fumbler. I might have had nine fumbles in my nine-year career. So I, I don't know necessarily about fumbling, but I do and I have seen guys fumble. That point, Zeke doesn't have two hands on the ball. He's not taking care of the ball. You That's see right it. there, he has one hand on the ball. When you're in traffic, put two hands on the football. That's, That's one it. of the keys. The other part is there is a lot of weight on Zeke to make all the plays. Of course, everybody has to step up when you're missing the player, when you're missing the, the type of guy that Dak is, the quarterback, the leader of that offense, leader of your team. There's going to be some more pressure on him. And I think when I went into that game yesterday looking at Zeke, that he felt that pressure he felt the need to make all the plays and when you have to make all those plays you start doing things that are uncharacteristic putting the ball on the ground I remember watching guys like Adrian Peterson and we all know how great Adrian Peterson is but he wanted to break every single tackle and that sometimes he fumbled the football because he was doing too much to your point Kevin and I think in this game uh, for example Zeke was doing too much and not being more careful with the football, two hands on the ball is always going to be that rule. He didn't have two hands on the ball a couple of times when he's fumbled this season.
1: All right. First of all, I would be remiss if I don't start here. I think Brian Westbrook just invented something. We've all heard about oh. a humble brag. I think Brian Westbrook just invented the fumble brag. I think it's like, well, I don't know that much about fumbling, because I did it like once a year, and one time it was in a rainstorm. Doesn't really count. So kudos to Brian Westbrook for inventing something new, the fumble brag. That's first of all. Second of all is this. It's not all on Zeke. He's just part of the problem. This team stinks. And Brian's right. I did pick them to go to the Super Bowl and, you know, this is something I have in common with my friend Stephen A. Smith. I have a little extra anger towards teams that make my predictions look bad. So I'm legitimately angry with the Dallas Cowboys because I look like an idiot because I thought this team with this roster, with or without Dak, could be a good football team and they're not. They paid the wrong people. They, Amari Cooper, does he look like a $20 million a year receiver? Because that extension's kicking in. Demarcus Lawrence, once again, got as many pressures last night as I did. He's about to be making 23, 25. $27 million the next three years. The guy on the defense they could have used was Byron Jones, but he plays for the Dolphins now because, God forbid, you actually addressed the secondary with the guy in-house. Jalen Smith, one of the highest-paid inside linebackers ever, can't keep up with Kyler Murray. And, and you got Andy Dalton out there buying a beat-up offensive line saying, the hell am I supposed to do here? Here's what you're supposed to do. Lose because the team's not any good. They have the worst defense in football, they don't respect ball security, they don't cause turnovers, and they turn the ball over a ton. There's two reasons that they make this television show. One is the jersey that they wear, they're the most popular team in America. The other is the division that they're in, which is... It might as well be the Mountain West this year. It doesn't, that's it. (laughs) If they were in a real division, we couldn't even shoehorn them into the conversation. But because they're competing with Danny Drops, a rebuilding Washington team, and whatever the hell is left of Brian's Philadelphia Eagles, we're like, well, is two and four that bad? (laughs) Yeah, it's that bad. You know who else has two wins? The Denver Broncos. How often are we talking about them? You know who else has two wins? The Detroit Lions. How often are we talking about them? And they've played less games than the Cowboys, so they actually have a better record. They're both two and three. The team stinks. Zeke's contracts in Albatross. The the guy they should have paid plays in Miami, and the other guy they should have paid is on IR now. That's who they are.
0: But, okay, but at the end of the day, they still play in the watered-down NFC East. They still have a remarkable... Chance to win the division because of that. Brandon, I'll ask you, you think Andy Dalton, Ezekiel Elliott, this group of guys can still win their division?
2: No, I I know Nick just went on a, uh, you know, this whole tirade on why they're so terrible. But for me, it comes down to two things, and it's what we talked about week one. Let's not overreact because it could just be a, a little blimp. It could be a little uh, a little trend right now until they figure out who they are and their identity. They turned the ball over, and they also gave up the big play. They continue to do that. On offense, you can correct that. That those A lot of those things you can control. You can control making sure you throw the ball to the right person at the right time you can control putting two hands on the ball in traffic on defense you can't control having just no talent you can't control that and that's what they're showing and you can't teach guys at this level to give effort if you if you're not giving effort at this level then you shouldn't be in the NFL you should just be cut so I think it comes down to those two things I think the Philadelphia Eagles uh, they don't run away with the division obviously but they win it because when they go head-to-head. They haven't played each other yet. They win both of those games.
0: Alright, so the Cowboys lose, but still remain in first place in the NFC East. The Patriots lost. They dropped to third place in the AFC East. Unfamiliar territory for them. Should Pats fans be worried? We'll ask. We'll answer next. First things first. Let's talk some Tampa Bay Bucks. Our friends at Fox Bet have updated their Super Bowl ads. That'll happen when you get mollywopped, as Nick would say. Uh, when you mollywhop the behemoths known as the Green Bay Packers, Tampa went from plus 1,800 to plus 1,200 to win the Super Bowl. I could see it now. Tom Brady playing the Super Bowl in his home stadium, Nick enjoying every last minute of Kevin's joy. Uh, Brandon, let's start with you, though. We're heading into week seven. Are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers officially Super Bowl contenders?
2: What do you mean officially, Jenna? Of course, when, when Tom Brady was on that airplane down in Tampa to meet with Bruce and, and the ownership, I, I, that's when they became contenders, 100%. I was trying to save this, all right, for later on in the season. I said it a little bit yesterday. I hinted at it. This team is reminiscent of the 2015. Denver Broncos, when Peyton Manning went to to the Denver Broncos and led them to Super Bowl 50 championship, to a Super Bowl 50 championship. Look at those numbers, and there's no graph here, all right? But they were averaging 18 points per game. The Tampa Bay Bucs averaging Mm -hmm. 20. Why not? They're averaging 282 yards. Peyton Manning was averaging 283 yards a game. Yep. Th- th- those are defensive. Yep. No, 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 that's yep. offense. That's offense. Tom Brady has a 96% completion percentage. Peyton Manning had 67. What? And now you add Todd Bowles in the mix with that stellar defense, you absolutely have a chance to win the Super Bowl. No offseason, no preseason. It was for everyone. So it's going to take time in a new system. Tom Brady's been in the same system for 20 years. So now he's hitting midseason form. The thing that was holding them back was them being undisciplined. Third and 12, third and 15. Why? Because they was the most penalized team in the NFL for the past two years. Tom Brady comes in and says, look, no, we don't do that here. There's a new sheriff in town. This is how we're going to practice. This is how we're going to play. And what happens? Last week, they had zero penalties. That's why this team is a contender. Okay. Okay.
1: Okay, so a few things. I, sorry I jumped in. The, the points per game that you mentioned was defensive. Then you mentioned the uh, Brady and Manning's passing yards. And then you're right. Brady's got a 96 passer rating, as you mentioned. Peyton Manning's was a 67 rating. I don't have in front of me. I think he had nine touchdowns, 17 picks. Manning was miserable in 2015. It's why they, they tried to go to Osweiler even after Manning was healthy. Brady is not as bad as Manning was that year. But this defense is not the two thousand and fifteen Broncos, not and I am going to demand. No, Brady is not as bad. <laughs> no, Brady is not as bad as Man- Manning in two thousand and fifteen was bad. They won the Super Bowl despite But you're making it seem like Brady Tom is Brady bad is- right now. No, 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 no. Tom Brady's fine. That's what I'm saying. He's not as bad as Peyton was. He's fine. <laughs> he's, he's right now. He's he, a middling NFL quarterback, which at forty-three years old is way better than he should be. But. If we are going, my answer is no. Did the win over the Packers finally convince Nick the Bucks Drupal contenders? No. Because I think they have a good to very good defense, but not a historically great defense like you had in Denver that year. And I think Brady is going to be middling throughout the season, and much like Peyton his last couple years in Denver is going to actually get worse as the season goes on, and as there's more wear and tear on his body, I—if the—if the Bucks are Super Bowl contenders, then so are the Bears. Both teams have a Super Bowl Make MVP starting quarterback. If we want to be—what? What do you mean? What do you mean? What do you 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 mean? I said it yesterday. This is all about Tom Brady.
2: Come on, man. Your hatred for Tom Brady is ruining probably your relationships with other guys you know in the organization in that locker room. Come on, man. So,
1: basically, you just said that this defense isn't good. They just made Aaron Aaron Rodgers look bad. Brandon, 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 hold on. That is not what I said. I said it is very good. I said, the defense is very good. I don't think it's as good as the 2015 Broncos. I said, that is exactly what I said. But I'm just curious. I'm just curious. What is the discernible difference to you between the Bucs' contenders and the Bears' contenders? Tell me. What's the difference? Well, number number, num- number, n- number one,
2: uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had the number two defense in the NFL. And then the other thing, the second thing is Tom Brady. That's why. Situational football. Well, Who fits. do you trust more when the game is on the line? Two-minute drill. Tom Brady or Nick Foles? Do you trust uh, Tom mm. Brady or Nick Foles to operate the offense in red zone? Third down efficiency. Understand what's going on. Is it three? Is it three This uh, disguise? Is it... T- Cover four, is it cover one? I absolutely trust Tom Brady more than I trust Nick Nick Foles. And I'm, I can't believe I'm even having this discussion and, and, and comparing these two. Tom Brady can still get it done. I had 18 quarterbacks. I'll tell you if this guy is falling off the cliff. When I see him, like Peyton Manning in his last years, throwing five-yard hitches, hitches with this wobbly pass, then I'll tell you he's done. Until then, he's a contender in my book.
3: Wilds. But, Brandon, I like Tom Brady. I have multiple Tom Brady tattoos up and down my spine. Starts at the top, goes all the way <laughs> yes. down and across, like the wings on my lats. Me too. But <laughs> oh, he, Nick Foles is 2-0 and against Tom Brady, and the last time they matched up, Tom Brady's out there throwing the LeBron championship flag up and thinking that he's got five downs. That's right. So uh, That's the right. argument That's between... Right. Nick Foles and you're putting me in a bad spot here, but I just have to be realistic like we just saw but it wasn't situational about, but, football and the guy but, blew it it. Was, but listen,
2: what the last what we saw Thursday night football wilds was Tom Brady cursing out Jensen. Probably the best center in football. Why? Because of know. these Boneheaded mistakes, putting them in third and longs in positions that is impossible to do, overcome. And what did they do the following gone? week? Everybody was killed. Yeah, Brandon, Everybody for, was Brandon, crushing Tom Brady. Is this, Jenna, Jenna you asked the question hey, do you want this out of your quarterback? Do people respond to this? Yes, they do, obviously. Most penalized team in the National Football League one week, the next week,
1: zero. Zero. That's why they so lost think, that game so on Thursday think that's night. So you're asking Tom so you Brady to overcome third and 15? Hold on. Brandon, so you think it's fixed, the Bucks' penalty issue? I don't... It's when, not going to rear its uh, head again. Well, the... Th- what they did is
2: almost impossible. They, don't, they may not ever have another game not being penalized, but they're not going to be the right. worst in the NFL. They're not going to be seeing I, five, six, third, and sixteens uh for the rest of the year. Know. They're not going to see that. Yes, I do, I do traditionally think are, that there is a point of emphasis internally to make sure we play clean games. I 100% believe that because you got to think I, about I know. I'm sure th- what is standing in our way. What is this? What is standing in mm-hmm. our way? And for them, it is health issues at the receiver position. But let's not forget that. Yeah. And then also, just don't, just don't beat ourselves. If they do those things, obviously you see what they can do. Come on, man, look what they made. Yeah. What they made the Green Bay Packers look like. Are we just going I, to forget I, I this just, game? It or was, are we going to forget it was, this? No, we're
1: not. for... No, but hold on a second. But we cannot have the entirety of our analysis be based on the order of operations. Because if on if, if ten days ago or twelve days ago, on last Thursday, the Bucks had dismantled the Packers, and then two days ago they had lost to the Bears, we then the analysis we flipped on its head. Instead, I'm trying to keep a steady hand with this. Before the year. I thought the Bears would be a double-digit win team that has a 0% chance of winning the Super Bowl. Before the year, I thought the Bucks would be a 9-10 to win team that is not going to win the Super Bowl. I feel the same about both of them. And I think if you're going to use the 2015 Broncos as the... I, look, a team can win a Super Bowl despite being limited We're not talking about the Bears. Then you have We're to... not talking about the Bears. We're talking about no, the Bucs. Jenna asked a question it, about the if, Bucks, not the by Bears. By that standard, wait. By that standard, the Bear, the Bears have to be included. And nobody's including them. So you're right. Okay. It is about the well, Brady. So, Jenna, can, so, so Jenna, can we do Brady. a segment
2: tomorrow where we talk about the Bears? Since Nick wants to make sure everybody know that he chose no. the Bears to go to the no. playoffs, no, the no, terrible it's not Bears. What it is. It's they just, could easily. No, th-
0: w- we're going to. We will do that segment right just, after we do the segment about Kevin Wilds and those ridiculous tattoos up and down his spine, which is just a very painful place to get them. tattoos. I should know. I got Brady tattoos up and down my spine. Hey, does this Chiefs offense still run through Patrick Mahomes' Monday Night Football? Next.
2: Nick, I'm almost positive you called that deep.
0: Oh, boy. Tonight, finally, Game 1 of the World Series As rookie sensation, Randy Rosarena leading the Rays against Mookie Betts and the Dodgers. We got a pair of wild seven-game championship series to get here. Both teams have their sights set on the fall classic tonight. 7.30 Eastern, only on Fox. I cannot wait. Back to our top story now. Chiefs and Bills from last night. And Kansas City leaning heavily on that ground game. When was the last time we said that? The rookie Clyde Edwards-Alaire, star of the show, ran for a clear high 161 yards. Not the explosive Chiefs offense we've gotten used to seeing, but hey, if the ground game is working, stick with it, and that's what Andy Reid did. Chiefs handle the bills on a rainy night in Buffalo. Start with you, Nick. You worried at all that the Chiefs aren't just blowing everyone out really? this season?
4: Oh my
1: god. Yeah. You know It's, not, it's not college question. football, folks. It's not college football. It's not. <laughs> the Chiefs have five wins this year. Four of them have come by multiple scores. Those are blowouts by NFL standards. The only close win they have is the game that Wilds, I think, by is counting Nick as three White separate standards. losses, the game against the Chargers. And so, like, the no, I, I'm not worried about it. They, I, I want to give Brandon credit on this point because we're going to just have to crush him on the Bills side of things. He was right that teams (laughs) were going to try to follow the blueprint of rushing three, dropping eight and not letting Mahomes beat you. The problem with doing that, following that blueprint is the Chiefs just said, okay, seven yards per rush sounds pretty good. And the Chiefs, it seems like they didn't score a lot. But that's just because there weren't a lot of drives. They had seven real drives. On those seven drives, they got three touchdowns, two field goals, and they were forced to punt twice, the first drive of the game and the first drive of the second half. They moved the ball up and down the field at will, and when it got tight late, a couple key third downs, shocking no one at all, Patrick Mahomes made the critical play, a pass to Demarcus Robinson, and then a first down run with his feet. So, no, the Chiefs had four tough road games on their schedule. At Baltimore, double-digit win. At Buffalo, win by two scores. And then they have at Tampa and at New Orleans. We'll see how it goes. They're going to be 14-2, and two, and y'all are still going to be asking me should they have won by more points. So, no, Brandon. Chiefs fans should be nothing but thrilled that they now have the most wins of any team in the league, or tied for the most.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got me on the Buffalo thing. Who who would have thought that Josh Allen would regress to his rookie year? Come on. Maybe. He's making the I right did. decisions. He just can't he just can't connect with his wide receivers. It's the craziest mm-hmm. thing I've have ever seen on a football field. How does a guy go from being a number 2 in the MVP race to falling out like this guy could potentially be not working great. his team out of the playoffs? But here's the deal, the Chiefs fans should not be worried, they actually should be excited because Andy Reid did something for the very first time in his career, he committed to the run, and the reason why I love it is because when you think about sustained success, teams And people, individuals, you have to forever evolve. And a lot of times, whether it's due to personnel issues or just a mindset, a coach's mindset, philosophy, people never change. They do the same thing over and over again. And Bill Belichick, Tom Brady showed you, like every single week, you have to take what they're giving you. If they're going to give me the run, we're just going to run it down your throat. If you're going to give me the pass, we'll just throw for 400 yards. So seeing Andy Reid... Patrick Mahomes, commit to the run and get it done the way they did is so scary. And then you insert on Bell, the NFL should be on notice, Wilds. All
0: right, but hang on. I just want to jump. I want to jump here one second because you mentioned Josh Allen, mm. and I, I think we should talk yeah, about what, what has happened to what we some should. would say was a MVP candidate just a couple weeks ago. He did not mm. look like it last night, completed 14 of his 27 attempts, only 122 yards Where was the guy we saw the first four weeks of the season? Here's Josh Allen after last night's loss.
1: We weren't good enough. I was not good enough. Um, You know, I got to do a better job. It's plain and simple. I didn't play very good tonight. I know that. I understand that. Um, I can't afford. This team can't afford to have me play poorly.
0: All right, Brandon. So again, we were we heard <laughs> faint sounds of MVP associated with this name a couple weeks ago. You still hear any of that chatter surrounding Josh Allen moving forward now?
2: Look, so one of the things I learned, like being in the NFL, you learn so much, so many life skills. And one of the things is how you deal with the media. So when you have a bad game or you do something bad off the field, what they teach you to do is get ahead of it, right? So Nick wants to crush me. He wants to tell me about everything I said bad uh, about the Chiefs Mm -hmm. and, you know, how I was standing on the table with Josh Allen. Here's the deal Josh Allen uh, did something in two games back to back that it took Aaron Rodgers to do in one time in 10 years. Like, this is bad what's happening with him. You have to ask yourself, is he dealing with some type of injury? Because you can't go from progressing so nicely in the first two years and then the first four games of the season to playing the way you did the last two games. He is playing into what everyone said coming out, that he is inaccurate. He can't throw. He's a great thrower, but he's not a great passer. And you you heard Troy Aikman talk about this last night. So for that reason, I got to take him out of the discussion. You know who I'm going to insert into the discussion right now? And I think I can do this because it's not halfway through the year. Henry, that running back, how about, how about that? Let's put him in there. I got some people, yeah, I got some people talk about, oh, Ryan Tannehill. No, Ryan Tannehill had his opportunity last year. I'm going to insert Derrick Henry and take out Josh Allen.
1: Well, well, at least Derrick Henry's not, not a laughable candidate the way Josh Allen was. Listen, folks, I got good news for Josh Allen fans. He's going to look great Sunday because they play the Jets. So they'll get a win, he'll look great, and people can say, ah, there's just two bad games. But it's not just two bad games. What's more accurate is it's four really good games in a -a two-and-a-half-year career. And this is, listen, Wilds, you saw the difference last night on display between a great, true MVP quarterback and a, a, a flavor of the month. Which was, you had one defense do everything they could. Build their entire game plan around stopping an MVP quarterback. And he still had a 125 rating, couple touchdowns, and over 200 yards passing. You had another defense say, we dare you to beat us, faux MVP. And homeboy had 66 yards through 53 minutes of this football game. So, like, I, I, I don't blame Wilds' Josh Allen for being Josh Allen. I do blame some of my brethren for pretending he could lead the Bills to a Super Bowl or, God forbid, be an MVP, because that was never, ever going to be the case. That's
3: right. The Josh Allen bubble burst, and Brandon, I hate to say it, you bought a lot of, like, uh... What were those little stuffed animals? What were they were called? <laughs> and everyone, Beanie Babies. Brandon, like, was like, I spent $10,000 on Beanie Babies. That was Planned Josh Allen the other day. So you tried to do a blind reveal of Mahomes versus Josh Allen. So I'll give you a hint, Brandon. One of these guys is Josh Allen. Who's the other one? Jeopardy music. Oh, it's Sam Darnold. Captain of the worst. Brandon, this is the problem oh, with small sample sizes. Games. Everyone wanted to oh, put okay. Josh Allen in the MVP conversation. I wasn't letting him into the into the MVP club. Uh I think we got a little ahead of ourselves. He's a fine quarterback, but we just need to pump the brakes on the MVP talk. Wow.
2: No, no, Poor no, Donald. no, no. Yeah, I mean, I, like, I, yeah, obviously after the last two games, but what he did through the first four games is what Patrick Mahomes did through his first four games in 2018 when he won the MVP. Okay. So yeah. anybody who was small on that train, it, it was size. a lot of validity behind it. A lot of two validity games. behind no. it, and that, right. that train just crashed. A, we, it's
1: on fire.
0: We were lucky enough to get a second game last night, Cowboys and Cardinals. This was all Arizona from the word oh, go. No. How about this? Zeke fumbling twice in the first half paving the way for the Cardinals to go up 21 nothing before the break Andy Dalton threw two second-half picks to kill any chance of a Cowboys comeback so who's to blame for last night's loss Ezekiel Elliott raising his hand after this one
4: honestly I don't think it really was much of what they did uh I think it was me um, me I'm supposed to be a guy this team can rely on, I'm supposed to be a guy that this team can can lean on when times get rough, and, and I just wasn't that today, um, I got us started off to a terrible start, the defense were playing, they were playing well, um, but I killed our momentum, two fumbles, uh, I can't do that, I can't.
0: Brandon, is it fair for Zeke to pin last night's loss squarely on his shoulders?
2: Absolutely. That's why he gets paid the big bucks. That's his job when you when you have a great game and a team wins you deflect praise when you lose. You take all the blame. That's what you're supposed to do. So I, lo- I love hearing that from Zeke, but I'm tired of seeing him put the ball on the turf more than anybody in the NFL. You can't do this when your team is depending on you and you got a defense on the other side who can't stop a simple go route, a simple post route. They don't understand their assignments. You have effort issues. Ezekiel Elliott needs to stand up. Well, no, he doesn't even stand up. He needs to put two hands over the ball. Job security. Okay? Job security is everything. you got to protect yourself here. So for me, it's the same story. We talked about this in week one, the overreactions. I said, all right, yeah, they turned the ball over. Defensively, I can't see that continue to happen where they're going to give up these big plays. Let's wait till week four. Let's see if it's a trend or it's their identity. Right now, this is their identity. They turn
1: the ball over. They give up the big plays. They can't play defense. They well, I I don't do... Listen... They, the Cowboys don't do anything well, Wilds. They, they, they turn the ball over more than anybody in the league. They don't force turnovers. They allow big plays on offense, on defense, pardon me, and they're injured. It's just a bad team. They're a bad team that happens to be in a historically bad division, and they're America's most popular team, so they get talked about. But they, they're not coached well. They don't play well. Their most important players hurt. Their, their uh, most expensive players are not producing, whether it's DeMarcus Lawrence, Jalen Smith, the offensive line, Ezekiel Elliott, Amari Cooper, whomever the hell you want. They seem to have paid the wrong people. They didn't pay the right people. Byron Jones is off in Miami. Dak is still on the franchise. Deck. Team's a mess. And there's no way Wilds talk about them without being like, yeah, but they might win the division. Congrats. Good for you. You're going to get rolled in the first round of the playoffs by whoever the best wild card team is. Like, that's who the Cowboys are. Rinse, repeat, Wilds. Yeah. Yeah, but they're in the first place. Silver
0: grace.
1: They are. Yeah. They <laughs> got the same place. amount of wins as the Denver this is Broncos unbelievable. and the Detroit Lions. They're but they're when they, they go it. head to head yeah, with and the, the truth the Eagles, is they, they probably will, will it, win the
0: division.
4: Uh, oh. Listen, we got no, some baseball tonight. The and that. Doctors game one of
0: the World Series. It's going to be a good one. We'll talk about it tomorrow. Have a great day.